0: Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Ali and James Simmons. And one interesting aspect of the COVID-19 pandemic in general is how this has affected the prison systems in America and the early release of some prisoners and how it's affecting the spread of the virus, if at all. Jeffrey Clayton is on with us now. He is the executive director of the American Bail Coalition, and we wanted to talk to you about this. Welcome to the show, Jeff.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Of course. So why don't we just start with explaining who is being released, why are they being released, and where?
1: Sure. Uh, So there's really two um, different type of penal institutions in the United States that people are kept in custody, uh, which would basically be prison, which is post-conviction, or jail, which can be pre-conviction or post-conviction, but generally shorter uh, stays. So we've seen activity in both. Uh, I work primarily more on the jails issue, so I'm more knowledgeable about that. But I can tell you that from coast to coast, uh, in nearly every state, not every jurisdiction, but in many jurisdictions uh, from coast to coast, the virus is resulting in pressure to release uh, defendants from jail for various reasons. And some of it is that there's concern they'll get the virus in jail. Some of it's cost related, that they don't want to pay for the health care of these particular defendants if they get it in jail, because those costs come out of county budget. So there's a, you know, there's some argument that it stops containment by having these people go in and out of jail. And so we just need to kind of lock down what we have. So that's primarily what we've seen is the reason is that. And the other reason, I guess, that we saw in California primarily is that the court system just can't deal with it. And so they can't meet deadlines in a criminal case like they could before. And so that warrants releasing a certain amount of people just to be able to uh, comply with the deadlines and so the California uh, Supreme Court just said all all except these cases are getting out of jail temporarily That actually
2: brings up a, a question interesting question that I had Jeff are there specific types of convictions that I guess you could say and I know you primarily work on the jail side of things but the the uh, certain types of convictions that are not eligible for this release at all like regardless murder? of state,
1: Yes, and it and it depends on the jurisdiction, right? So, in some jurisdictions, what they you know they generally start with nonviolent crimes or lower level of felony crimes. Certainly, any misdemeanor crimes are instantly on the table for those jurisdictions that hold uh, misdemeanor defendants. And so, there's screening criteria depending on the state, uh, and sometimes that's a function of like the give the discretion to the parole board and give them a target to hit. Mm. And so it's their job to kind of classify the offenders. The other thing is you don't want to look at what they're just convicted of right now, which is why the California order is a problem because we're not looking at their past history. Uh, We're just looking at what they're charged with right now. And so that's what should happen is that parole board should be looking at each individual and saying, can we release this guy or not?
0: It's interesting to think about because if it's a nonviolent crime, you'd think, okay, if I release this person, then it's not necessarily like violence is going to increase in the state as a result of that person being released. But if you don't look at their history, and we, we talk about how crime has gone down since everyone's begun quarantining, but you can't help but think if you're releasing a lot of prisoners over the course of several months, how that is going to affect things long term, right? Are there any predictions about that?
1: Well, you know, law enforcement has their own predictions. I've talked to a lot of sheriffs. Uh, Crime is going down because we're not responding to it. Uh, the criminal justice system is is shut down right now. What's going to happen in California, and certainly the police commissioner in New York came out this morning and said, you know, criminals are taking advantage of the COVID. In California, it's easy to take advantage of the COVID. Just don't commit a crime on the list. Uh, you're not going to be arrested. And, you know, it was funny because somebody said that, uh, a friend of mine in California said that the aisle of the grocery store, you can only go down one way. And I said, no, you can go down both ways and you can stick your arm out and have all the merchandise fall into your cart and walk out. And there's no, nothing that anybody's going to do to you right now. That's the reality, and when people start to figure that out, you know that's going to be a little bit of a problem.
0: I can't believe I didn't think of that already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, did, I absolutely didn't think of it that way as well. I sort of,
2: I was sort of coming at this from a, you know, the issues with mass incarceration in general sort of situation. And as someone who, you know, formerly lived in Chicago, um, I'm not on a personal level, but other individuals in my life familiar with Cook County Jail and that, which is right now the, you know, the the hotbed for this. I think it's been pointed to as the single largest source of COVID nineteen diagnosis and I think they're battling their own 500 just within the facility right now. Um, so what do you know in terms of, the, in this world that we live in right now, what states are finding or municipalities, jurisdictions about how this release of nonviolent offenders at the very least and others is impacting COVID-19 diagnoses in those facilities? Uh, we don't know
1: is the answer. And, and you know the, the other thing is, what happens if we release people we don't test them? Are we releasing people who have COVID back in um, to society? The other thing that's been interesting Uh, to learn about this is that, you know, there's some argument, there's been some argument that this particular population of people that you're releasing are not good containers. Uh, You know, many of them will have drug problems that they'll resume when they get out. They'll start using needles, blah, 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 blah. They won't contain. They they were in jail. They didn't have housing and employment in the first place. So where are they going to go? Where are they going to contain themselves? So there's all kinds of issues. You know, I think that, Real issue, and I think one of a, a, a federal court in Pennsylvania covered this pretty well, which is these facilities have to comply with CDC guidelines. And when they don't, that's when we get into a problem. And that's when there should be relief. And that's that's what the function is, at least in Pennsylvania, is you have to show that the facility is not following the rules. And then, and then at that point, it's, hey, I'm in a, I'm in a prison and I'm going to be subjected to this and there's nothing I can do about
0: it. Well, and I would imagine if If you work in a prison as well, this is a risk for you. If there aren't enough resources to contain, if patients do start testing positive, you're also putting yourself at risk. And then that trickles down if less and less people are opting to show up at work.
1: Yeah, exactly. And interestingly, um, you know, it's believed that most jails got the covid from outside offenders coming from outside. In the prison context, it was all brought in by employees. So there's, no, there's been no ability to see that this was caused by the offenders in the prisons because nobody was coming in and nobody was going out. And if they were, they were getting a medical before you know they came in.
0: Specifically with – I know I'm thinking about this because 420 is around the corner, but releasing prisoners who had been convicted of – Marijuana possession or intent to sell in states that now have legalized medical marijuana or recreational marijuana. I read something about those prisoners being released, no questions asked. Is that happening?
1: Well, that's more. That's not really related to the COVID. As they should have gone back in time and wiped some of those convictions out. Um, and they've, in my home state of Colorado, they certainly have have been doing that, which is going back in time and eliminating all of these um, sentences for for these uh, possession crimes that are, you know, no, no longer are illegal, but are encouraged to, you know, help the tax base. Last thing, sort of as we kind of wrap up here, quickly, yeah, I'm asking you to look in your
2: magic ball, your crystal ball. What what does this mean going forward? And sort of in terms of do these individuals have to come back to jail? a and b do you think this will actually change how we incarcerate individuals for certain crimes? Is it actually going to change the structure of of the social justice system going forward?
1: You know, my prediction is that we're not going to have any conclusive answer from this because the entire criminal justice system has shut down. So to argue that, well, crime is down or, you know, people would have shown up for court, there's no court dates. Uh, What I would forecast is going to happen is there'll be mass chaos. It will take a year or two to get through all of this because we've shut the entire you know system down and now we're going to have to go back in time and deal with it. Will it change how we incarcerate? I think it's probably worth thinking about the fact that, yes, jail is a bad place for people to be during a pandemic. And obviously those on the side of they want mass decarceration are using this. Uh, and they will come back and say this is an example of why their policies will work. And, you know, we'll evaluate it at that time. But for me, you know, for what I'm doing for my job is let's get through this and, you know, we can get back to what we were doing before, which is talking bail reform.
0: Yeah, we always have mass chaos to look forward to. So that's always great. Thank you, Jeff <laughs> Clayton, the executive director of the American Bail Coalition. Thanks, Jeff.
1: Thanks. Appreciate it.